0: Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. Amen. The Gospel according to John, chapter 15, starting at verse 6 you'll find these words. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in In you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. Amen saints of God. On today I want to continue in our series of lessons with the title, Making Your Connection Sure, Part 3. Making Your Connection Sure, Part 3. Amen. In this sub-lesson, if you will, series, under the uh, larger lesson of spiritual maturity, we're talking about making your connection sure. And we have, in the past lessons, talked about the very idea that the church is an organism, not an organization. And we contended with the very idea of looking at each individual human being. Um, if you want your body to function, amen, as it should. It needs your head. It's not like an organization that can have a CEO or head today, fire him, and get another one tomorrow. Amen. No, your head is uniquely designed to work with your body. Wow. Chop your head off and see what happens. They can go find another head if they want, uh, but your body will die. Wow. And that's because we are organisms and not organizations. And so it is with the church of God. You can't put another head on the church. There's only one head and his name is Jesus Christ. I dare you to try to chop him off and put somebody else on. See, there's a lot of folk in the world right now trying to put on another head. They're trying to put their own self as the head. And you see them withering up and dying. They're walking around like dead men walking. They have a physical presence, but they're spiritually dead. And one of these days, if they're not careful and they don't get in line with the true head, that they will be, as Jesus is saying to us in this lesson, burning in the fire. But if we ascribe to the idea that we are an organism, and if we subscribe to the fact that there's only one head and his name is Jesus then we must also give ourselves an introspective and see whether or not we're working like the head has designed. Are we receiving the signal from the head in order to move in the way that the head is commanding us to move? We talk about it just as my sister, amen, has just had a stroke and how during the time of stroke, there was some blockage, amen, that caused the signals from her brain not to be able to reach her extremities. And so her body was doing some strange things, amen. Her legs weren't moving when she commanded them to move, and her mouth did not uh, open when she commanded it to open. Her tongue was going one way, and her jaw was going the other because there was some blockage between the communication stream between the mind, the head, and the body. Wow. See, that happens in the church. We got some church uh, body pieces that have suffered a stroke. That's why you got infighting and strifing and you got division in the church because somebody ain't getting the signal. It's not always because there are unbelievers in the crowd. Sometimes those who are born in the Spirit, baptized, believing in Jesus, get in our own selves. And so when we get in our own selves and start thinking about things the way we ought to have them to do, we cause division. So we must be careful to not abide in ourselves, but abide in the Lord. But in this text, The Lord is talking about salvation. In the end, Jesus is concerned about whether or not your connection is sure. Whether or not you really plugged in to the source. Whether or not a signal can be gotten from the head to the body. Amen. Amen. Because if not, you are withering in the wind. You know, when I think about this, I think about a person who... um, May have, may have suffered from diabetes, and then they have an extremity that the, uh, the arteries and the, the, the blood vessels and things of that nature start to die. And then in that particular extremity, we start to get what's called gangrene. Amen, and then that, that particular extremity falls off. We have where they go to the doctor, and the doctor, um, a surgeon goes in and cuts that off so that they don't want it to spread to other parts of the body, amen. Amen. They want to save their lives. Well, you know, when gangrene gets in the church, uh, division and backbiting and lying on one another and setting up traps one another as gangrene in the body and it needs to be cut off before other members of the body are also infected and now they are dying as well. Amen. That's what sin does in the church. Amen. It's gangrene in the body of Christ. Amen. But the Lord Jesus, amen, he is able to pinpoint that gangrene and he's able like that skilled surgeon to cut it out. In the context of this passage, amen, we have seen that we're in the context of a vineyard. We're in the context of a vineyard where the vine dresser, where the husbandman, where the farmer himself is the father. And the Father is going to and fro throughout the vineyard, seeking to find whether or not the branches are fruitful or they're bearing no fruit. And so Jesus being the vine himself is crying out to the branches to say, abide in me. Jesus said, I don't want you to be cut off. As a matter of fact, I love you so much. I don't want that to be the case. But I know my Father is just. But while he is checking, I'm saying to you, make sure your connection is sure. Make sure you're connected and you're receiving my signal, that you're receiving my life and you're just not sitting up in the church, looking churchy, but not letting the church inside of you. Jesus is crying out, I don't want you to be cut off. Abide in me and I in you amen because without me you can do nothing we look at the text he says if anyone does not abide in me he is cast out as a branch and is withered he said if if you don't start abiding in me the father's coming by with the clippers amen he's coming by with the pruning shears he's coming by with the devices to cut you out and once you completely cut out you can do nothing but die all you're going to do is shrivel up in your own selfishness and, and own ambitions and own uh, uh conceited desires and you're going to die but he said abide in me don't, don't, don't just say that you're a part of me and don't just act like it really be part of me. Give me your heart and your head. Give me your body and your soul. Because that's the only way that you're going to abide in me so that my life-giving uh, substance can get to your branches so that you can bear fruit so that you can be more loving, so that you can be more kind, so that you can be more patient, so that you can be more long-suffering, so that you can be more gentle. You can only do that if you abide in me. There are too many Christians that are too rough around the edges because they're trying to do this life all on their own. They think that Christianity is just head knowledge. But no, you must give God your head and your heart. Your emotions, your your soul must be the Lord's. And so there are some walking around in the world, amen, who are trying to intellectualize God. But how can a finite mind intellectualize an infinite God? It's impossible. As Reverend Stevenson was talking about this morning, this life, you've got to live by faith. You can't intellectualize it. You can't come up with with a formula that, that will explain God in his entirety. The best thing we got is the symbol infinity, which we don't really understand. It's just a symbol to talk about that which goes beyond our understanding. Amen. And so we have to abide in the Lord. Jesus is crying out. He's saying that if you don't, you'll be cut off and you'll wither and die. And you know what? There's no second chances. Not with this, it isn't. Not when you get cut off. Your second chances are right now while the blood is running warm in your veins. Because in this text, there is a finality. Sisters and brothers in the Lord, when you look at the text, he says, when you have withered, they will gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned see there's folks who believe that they've got this thing sewed up they they understand the now and the forever and they believe that they've got this thing fixed there are some who believe that after they die that's it you just die but what they fail to realize is that God said that is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment there's one thing for sure that you will die. And the second thing for sure is that you will be at the judgment. Amen. Amen. And so there are those who also pray and talk about this thing called purgatory. They talk about how one who has died, amen, who may not be connected with the Lord, that you can pray for them after they die in this place called purgatory. They talk about this place where it's a a temporary holding place, amen, where you can pray for those who didn't accept Christ and that if they get to accept Christ in that place, then everything will be all right. Well, that's just something to soothe the men, the hearts of men. Amen. That's just something to soothe us. But the reality is when the blood stops running warm in your veins and you close your eyes to this life, you either gonna raise up in the arms of in the bosom of Abraham, or you're gonna be like the rich man DeVes. When he lifted his eyes up, he was in hell. Uh, there is no gray area when it comes to this amen and then the Bible says over in the last chapters of a of, of revelation that God is going to call them from these places he says they're gonna call them from the sea and from the land he says in another place death and Hades will also come to the great white throne so there's immediately there's no purgatory amen they go to hell first then get judged because after that judgment They don't go back to that Sheol. They go back to what's called the lake of fire and brimstone. But the reality is once you've gone to Sheol, once you've gone to hell, then your next destination after judgment is the lake of fire and brimstone. See, God's not playing. Amen. And that's why Jesus came and died for the sins of the whole world. Because he knows his father is just. And his God is fair. Amen. And I'm glad that God ain't fair the way we count fairness. Because if God was fair the way we see fairness, we'd already be in hell. We'd already be burned up. But his kind of fairness looked beyond our faults and saw our need. Saw the fact that we didn't have a chance on earth, in heaven or in hell, to fix our problem. So he came himself and fixed it for us. I'm glad God's fairness is not like our fairness. But the reality here is that there is a finality to this. And Jesus cries out, make sure that your business is fixed. Make sure your connection is sure. Are you really hearing me? Or are you just hearing some thoughts rolling around in your own mind? He says, make your connection sure. Well, let's look at the text a little bit further. We see in verse seven, he says, if you abide in me and my words, plural, abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now this text has tripped up a whole lot of folk because they have read this text but they have not assimilated the text in its entirety. They are focused so much on the part after the comma that says you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Folks have gotten messed up and they said, well, we've, I've asked God for this and I've asked God for that and he didn't do it. Wow. So what is? how am I to, supposed to understand this word? He said he would do it, But he didn't, but what they didn't focus on is what preceded that very statement. And that says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. See, a lot of times we asking things that's outside of God's words. In other words, you can translate that as God's will. See, everything that we want ain't God's will. Amen. 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 And we can think something is practically the thing that we should be asking for. And it still ain't in God's will. Well, I've been using Reverend Stevens a lot today, but amen. A, A situation, amen, that Reverend was telling us about this morning at his business. Amen. Having water damage and all these things that are happening at his business. Amen. Well, Anybody, if we had a choice, we would say, let that flood pass us, right? But that wasn't God's will, amen. God's will was for this to happen because God is working something else in Reverend Stephen's life and other folks' lives that we don't even know. So we can't be 100% sure that we know God's will without checking with God. So if you're not abiding in him, you'll ask things that are not according to his will. So you don't get the answer that you thought you should get because his words are not abiding in you. Oh, and we spend a lot of our lives outside of his words. I mean, if we look over a week of our lives, we can point somewhere in that week, where there was something that occurred that if we really look at it in and introspect upon it, we'll say, you know what? That wasn't right. That wouldn't be God's will in his word. But that's the human condition, isn't it? We are frail. We are imperfect. But it's so good that we got a perfect God. That when we didn't do what we should have did, and we did what we shouldn't have done, God still has enough grace and mercy to keep us even then. It's the kind of fairness that prevents us from getting what we should get and gives us what we don't deserve. It's the kind of fairness that gave us mercy to keep us out of hell and gave us grace to go on a little while longer. Ain't that good news, saints of God? But the reality of this text is once you get into his words, you will know how to respond in your prayers and you will will give God his leeway. You will give God his, his margin to make whatever decision he wants to make. Put a little padding in your prayers. Amen. Using technology term, Put a little padding in there to give God his leeway to have his will in your life. You can look, you don't have to look any farther than the example that Jesus Christ gave. Do y'all remember in the word of God when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane? Do you remember how much anguish he had? The Bible says that his sweat beads were like drops of blood. He had a lot of anguish because he knew what was coming up is that he was going to have to drink from a cup Called sin. And not just one person's sin. But the sin of all of humanity. Past, present, and future. That cup he would have to drink from. He he had anguish about the nails that would be in his hands. And the nails in his feet. But he had way more anguish about the fact that sin would be covering him. The Bible says he who knew no sin became sin. For us, Jesus, the Immaculate Lamb of God, never knowing sin, never knowing the idea of sin coming through his mind, has now got to put on sin for you and I. Jesus said, No. Oh. And then that means that the Father is going to have to turn his back on me for at least a little bit. Because a righteous God cannot be in the presence of unrighteousness. So all of that on Jesus caused a major amount of anguish. Because him and the father had never been separate. They have been so close we don't even understand how close they are. And he's going to have to go through this. And he says to the father. He says, father, if there's any way to let this cup pass from me. But he didn't stop there. He said, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. See, that's what the Lord is looking for here. When we are abiding in him and he's abiding in us, as Jesus abides in the Father and the Father abides in him, even when we pray, amen, we leave some padding in our prayers. Amen, to say, but nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Sometimes we might say, we might have a loved one, and we say, Lord, heal their body. Don't let them go. Lord, Lord don't let them die. Lord, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Keep my child. Keep, keep, keep my husband. Keep my wife as they travel. Amen. Lord, don't let any harm come to them. Don't let them have any difficulties on their travel. But even in that, as much as we want that to be, maybe God wants them to have some difficulties. We don't know because finite minds cannot comprehend an infinite God. So we must say, Lord, if it be your will, Lord, keep them. But not my will, but thy will be done. There could be something that comes to hurt me and and cause me pain, but not my will, Lord, but thy will be done. Do you think that Mary would have wanted to see her son, amen, Jesus, be scourged and beaten to unrecognizableness, amen, and being to put a heavy cross on his back and march down the Via Dolorosa, no. Absolutely not. She loved her son and did not want to see him in pain. But even she had to get to the point to say, But nevertheless, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Now you're in a place that whatever you desire of the Lord, amen, he will give to you. Because now your desires line up with his desires. Even if your desires get off, you are leaving padding and leeway for God's will to become your will. Amen. That's abiding in him and him abiding in you. Oh, that's easy to say, but it's hard to do. I'm not, I'm not in any way uh, um, confused or, or, or misunderstanding the very fact that these words are hard. When it comes to your children or your nephews or nieces or your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, amen, that you love, amen, you don't want to see them go through, amen. And so it's hard to pray a prayer to say, well, Lord, you go ahead, Lord, if you want them to go on through, go ahead. No, you want to say, Lord, don't let them be sick. Lord, don't let them get hurt. Lord, don't let them folks mistreat my loved one." Lord, put your hands of protection around them and keep them, Lord. But sometimes God's keeping us is in the midst of the storm. Sometimes some of us are in the eye of the hurricane and some of us are caught up in the spindles or the centrifugal force that's going around it. But still, God is still a keeper. He's able to keep you when the lightning is flashing, when the thunder is roaring, When the billows are rolling. Amen. When the typhoon is spinning. And sometimes that is his will for our life. Paul the apostle could say that to us. He said, I asked the Lord three times about this thorn in my flesh. And he said all three times that my grace is sufficient. I'm not going to heal you of that. Because my grace is sufficient. You can make it through even with that adversity. You can make it through even with that infirmity. We don't understand exactly what that infirmity was, but we know it was something that Paul wished the Lord would take away. But the Lord in his infinite wisdom knew that that thing that he had given to Paul was what Paul needed to be all that Paul was to be in him. And sometimes that is with us. Sometimes it's a death. Sometimes it's a, it's, a, it's a financial catastrophe. Sometimes it's a broken relationship. Amen. Sometimes it's a dream that we've had since childhood that we see have gone down into the flames. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Easy words to say, hard words to live. Amen. If anybody's lived a little while, you know that that's not easy. Amen. But that's what the Lord is requiring of His children. If we truly want to abide in Him and allow Him to abide in us, is that that very fact has to be that everything that we hold tightly, we've got to let it loose. Because that which we hold dearest, that we hold on with all of this, the Lord says, let it go. Because the reality is we own nothing here, including ourselves. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And guess what? They that dwell in it. That includes us. That includes our children, our family members. Amen. That includes it all. It's the Lord's. And so we spend our lives learning how to let go. Mm. We start out with the tight fist. But we got to let go. Oh, I can't tell you, even myself, how many things that I've tried to hold tight. But the Lord said, you're going to have to let it go. And there were been times when I didn't let it go, God pried it out of my hands. And I didn't see it at the time. I thought that was the worst thing could ever be happening to me, was to lose this or lose that. But how many of y'all know hindsight's 20-20? you look back on some of this and you say thank you lord yeah. you know i thought that's what i wanted yeah. but lord you showed me that wasn't good for me yeah. see i i feel it right in here that's some folks that i've been there amen yeah. There's some folks who were looking forward and now that they look back they know that this was the right thing but in the time and in the dredges of it all you were in intense pain heart was broken amen Dreams shattered. Yeah. But God was just praying out of your life yeah. so that he could put the blessing yeah. in there. Amen. You thought that was the blessing, but God said, that ain't it. Yeah. Let it go. Mm-hmm. He pried it out of our hands to after a time to give us what was right for us to have. Yeah. Amen. 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 Abiding in him. Yeah. And he abides in us. Amen. We have to have the nevertheless yeah. Not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. And so when we come to our final verse, amen. Or <coughs> final two verses, if you will. Amen. He says, by this my father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple." So if you look at verse seven and verse eight as a unit, don't you see that not having your own will, but having his will is what glorifies the Father. When you let Jesus' words abide in you, and you let Jesus abide in you and you abide in him, It is that abiding that glorifies the Father. It's in those times when God begins the prying process that you say, okay, Lord, it's going to hurt me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Thank you, Lord. Glory given to the Lord. It may be a promotion or a job position that you've been working all your life to get. You've gone, matriculated, You have gone through the hollow house of academia. You've got the certifications, You've got the degrees. And you're on your way. You can taste that position. You can taste that role because you worked that hard. You got folks smiling and championing and saying, come on in. You're on the final stretch. And just as you get ready to cross the finish line, just as when you get ready to break that tape, God puts his hand out there and stops you. And God says, no, that's not where I want you to go. I want you to go over here and do that. And you say to the Lord, wait a minute, Lord, I haven't gone through all this education. You didn't give me the blessing of getting all this knowledge. And, and, and you got people in my lives who are championing and, and shouting and cheering me to go through the, the tape. Lord, what is going on? What are you talking about this over here? I'm not even trained for that. I don't even know anything about that. And that's where you want to go. And the Lord said, yes, child, because that's what I want you to do. And some of us may not, we try to fight it all we can to not go. But the reality is we must surrender our will to God. Because if we go, if the Lord allows us to go and break that tape, if he ain't with you in it, it's not going to be what you thought it was going to be anyway. See, when we get into stuff that we think was God's will and God's not in it, it never becomes the blessed place. It never has the fulfillment that we believe that it ought to have because that's not his will. But if you follow his will, even though it may take you in a way that you say, how can this be? Amen. You will find when you're walking in the will of God, whatever that is, you will find joy and you will find peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. But you've got to trust him by faith. Amen. Once again, after you've done all your thinking and your finite mind, after you've done all your figuring, amen, there's still God. Amen. And no finite mind can comprehend the infinite God. God's got so many things in the works that we have no idea about. And that's why the just shall live by faith. And so, saints of God, amen, let us never to forget, amen, that if Jesus had have had his own will, that would have been a different story. But Jesus didn't want a different story. He wanted his father's story. And because he wanted his father's story, he let the Roman soldiers take him to six kangaroo courts. They took him to Annas and Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin and Pilate and Herod and back to Pilate again. They lied and they they, they schemed. They had kangaroo courts. But even in the midst of that, Pilate said, I can find no fault in him. What is this? But it was all because it was the will of the Father. So they whipped out Jesus all night long. They scourged him. They tore his flesh from his body. Amen. They, stuck, they put a crown of thorns on his head and pressed it down into his brow, causing blood to gush out, amen, from the thorns going to his brow. They mocked him as the king that he is. They put a cross on his shoulders, bleeding profusely and not even recognizable. They marched him down the road of red. They marched him down that road to outside of the walls of Jerusalem to that evil and perverse place called Golgotha's Hill. It's a place where they took thieves and liars and, 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 and uh, murderers and they hung him on cross and they let him die. It was in that place where the sinless, immaculate lamb of God, they put nails in his hands and put nails in his feet for you and for me. It is because Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done, that they lifted him up on that cross, and after the ninth hour, he died for you and I. Do you understand that if he had have had his will and not the Father's will, amen, we wouldn't be here today. So the question here today is, when it's your fork in the road, whether it's your will or the Father's will, whose lives will you affect because you went your own way? Who might have to die and might have to suffer because you wanted your way instead of God's way? It's what we ought to think about. Because Jesus not having his way saved an entire world. That he was buried and he was in the grave three days and three nights. But early Sunday morning, the Spirit of God awakened him, lifted him up, and gave him all power in his hands. It is by that that we live today. So we must be careful to make sure that we are connected and our connection is sure. So that we will allow his words to abide in us that we will be able to say nevertheless not my will but thy will be done god bless you and god keep you is my prayer amen amen, amen. the doors of the church are open amen tears ship
1: of zion There's no danger in-
0: From the word listening family. I want to thank you for listening to the episodes of this podcast. If you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, I have a big favor to ask of you. Would you go out and give this particular podcast a five star rating? And also, would you add some review notes specifically about what you like about the episodes? what you like about the preaching and the teaching, and I will be eternally grateful. Thank you again for your support of this podcast.